Hello, I'm Tatiana Antonelli and you're listening to Forward Talks by Gumbuk, a podcast about moving towards sustainability in the region and beyond. This week, we're talking innovation, specifically innovation in electric vehicles or EVs. In October last year, we spoke to Kyle Weber and Salman Hussein about the electric cars landscape and how they were raising awareness through EV drives in the region. Today, we're shifting gears towards the commercial side with Adam Ridgway, the founder and CEO of One Moto, based here in Dubai. According to the New York Researcher Market Watch, the global electric two-wheeler market is expected to grow at a compound growth rate of nearly 4.6% to reach 6.9 billion US dollars by 2024. One Moto finds itself at the forefront of this growth in the region and specifically in the UAE, where it is the first company whose bikes have been approved by the local roads and transport authority, RTA. Adam has been in Dubai a long time, starting out in the media and advertising space, before an unusual problem opened his eyes to the EV industry. I have a, a classic car that I wanted to get converted to electric. And I went to three different garages and three different garages said they could do something they, they couldn't. Um, and then I started thinking about the, the, the future, the air pollution, the air quality, especially during the summer. And it was one of those, I wouldn't say a light bulb moment, but it was certainly, it got me thinking about the motorcycles. And being a rider for the past 20 something years, and 10 of those, or nine, 10 of those being on two wheels in Dubai. Um, I've always had a, a passion and interest for, for motorbikes. So I decided to look into the, uh, say, motorcycle or two-wheeled transportation, if electric. And it was, as I was leaving this garage, I saw a fleet of um, petrol motorcycles like the Hondas, the Bajaj, the Yamaha, loads of different delivery companies. And it was just at the, the, the start of that hyper-competitive boom that we're seeing now. And I thought, I wonder if they could be electric. So I did a bit more research and found out that there was no one globally, there's no one that was looking at the delivery market. Um, and, and I know how harmful motorcycles are to the environment. So I started doing a bit more research and it, it made me think, why not create the, the world's first um, electric delivery motorcycle or electric vehicles for purpose? So if you look at Tesla, um, they're producing electric cars, say for the masses to some extent, but they obviously have a price point. Then you look at other um, manufacturers and OEMs that are producing vehicles as a byproduct, understanding that you know, electrification in vehicles is the future. Uh, maybe autonomy is as well. Um, but everyone's overlooking the commercial market. And if you think the majority of the vehicles that we see on the roads and two-wheeled vehicles here, there's 15,000 delivery motorcycles in the UAE, and they're producing uh, 15,600 tonnes of CO2 per year which is the size of 273,000 trees grown for 10 years, it would take to sequester that amount of, of CO2. And then you look at the hydrocarbons that are produced and the carbon monoxide, and it's 8,000% higher. And, uh, and then, you, then we started looking at the sort of damage in terms of the ice, so the internal combustion engine against electric. And 
petrol motorcycles, if they're well maintained, are 16 times more harmful to the environment than an SUV or a bus. So they're quite alarming statistics. And I've got loads of them that I might share in this podcast. But the we started looking at the at the harm and then looking at the market and the opportunity. And that's where one moto was was derived. This is fascinating, and you've been giving incredible data, quite scary, to be honest. But when you say that normal uh, motorcycles are more harmful than a SUV. What do you mean? And, and how is that possible for us who are not into the you know, world of engines and, and, and that sort of uh, expertise? For me, as an ignorant person of engines, why is there this, dif this difference? Okay, so the, the science and the technical side, you can go sort of really, really in depth. But just to, just to summarize, um, with an internal combustion engine or an ICE um, vehicle, The, obviously, there's a chemical reaction within the engine and uh, the propulsion happens beyond then. But with, with the uh, combustion or with that chemical reaction, there is a, an, a, 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 it's not 100% perfect. So with that, releases hydrocarbons or other toxins. And because of that, you then look at the... Um, the Sorry, the hydrocarbons produced, that, that calculation shows that there's, they're 16 times more harmful to the environment than an SUV. And that's, that's done per capita. So under an aeroplane, and it, motorcycles are the worst. Then you have uh, buses, then SUVs, passenger, like uh, four-wheel passenger um, vehicles, and then it goes on from there. So, yeah, aeroplanes are the most harmful for the environment, as in per capita, followed by motorcycles. This is crazy because we've been promoting for a long time uh, delivery uh, hmm. of, of objects, of foods, thinking, don't take your car, <laughs> you'll have someone deliver to you. And of course, in our minds, the motorcycle is smaller and could be more efficient. But it's, it is definitely not the case. <laughs> No, it's not. And if, if you look at, so when I say well-maintained, that's the vehicle within its first year of life that um, is, is brand new. Its efficiency is that little bit better. But when, when, especially delivery vehicles, when they're doing their 60,000 kilometers, up to 100,000 kilometers a year, those vehicles loses its efficiency, which then creates these, these harmful toxins. We are talking, we're talking actually about technologies. So the, the actual um, two-wheelers are on this now, I would say, outdated technology and, and uh, burning combustion. Um, what about then the electric bikes? So what about their batteries? What happens? Uh, how long do they last? Can we recycle them? Um, how efficient are they? So we've looked at the the way the vehicles are made and we've then applied that to the vehicles as well as our business so modular is the one word that i use and it's it's taken from the say the the, the failures the flaws the positives of other businesses and and so over the past decade and we've we've built these vehicles in a very modular way so the they have very few moving parts as an electric vehicle um The, the main three components are the battery, the controller, and then the motor. 
And so the lithium-ion batteries, the way they're manufactured and the cost of those at the moment is, is still very high. Um, what we've decided to do as one moto is not cheapen the, the obviously the quality and the performance um, because the, the vehicles don't need servicing and maintenance. Or to reduce that as much as possible, you put better components within. So that's what we've done with the batteries. They can be recycled to a level. It's not our expertise, but we've uh, partnered with Vault in the UAE. And uh, my business partner, Faris al he has pioneered Tesla to come into the region. He's also a huge EV enthusiast, owns several himself. So we are looking at how we can partner with other experts, so collaborate, which again is a modular way of working. What we're looking at is, is there a, a way in the UAE we can unite to recycle, reuse, repurpose, recharge the lithium cells that are in anything from electric toothbrush to a drill to, I'm sure there's loads of other things. So there's several conversations happening at the moment. In terms of the range and the, the power output, I'm really proud to say that the, the R&E team, the engineers, have developed the world's most powerful in terms of performance um, vehicles that we have in our fleet. So our, we're not after the high-performance superbikes like Zero, um, Energica. They are, they're incredible, and that's for a certain market. We've designed vehicles for purpose. So we've got our two-wheeled mopeds or motorbikes. Then we've got the scooters, the e-bikes, as well as the Deliver, which is the grocery van. Um, they have a range of between, or the, the motorcycles have a range of around 120 kilometers. They go 85 kilometers an hour. The van is a 200 kilometer range. So when you look at the comparisons between, say, Vespa, who I hold in the highest of regards, 74 years, I think, of, um, of Vespa heritage, their brand their vehicles are supreme. However, they haven't produced a vehicle that can get registered here because they, they only go around 40 or 45 kilometers an hour. They're beautiful. They can't get registered here because they don't meet the requirements that, um, that are required by ESMA and RTA, which is what we, being first to market, have really pioneered and worked very, very closely with the government agencies to ensure that the product that we're offering to the market is then the benchmark for any competition as and when it happens so one motto we can say is a hundred percent local homegrown brand of the uae it is yeah absolutely um, other than the fact i'm not emirati yes it's it is a uae uh, brand built from the the bottom up with um with the the, the sort of business as a whole we've got one motto with a series of vehicles we are looking at developing um a, a couple of cars at some stage, probably next year now. But we really want to establish ourselves as uh, known as the, the vehicles, the guys that are producing the commercial vehicles. Because if we can replace the uh, 15,000 delivery motorcycles in the UAE, you need to have incentives. Um, yes, they're slightly more expensive than a petrol engine, yet the cost savings are fantastic. Um, and we've, we've even got a guarantee that if they don't pay for themselves in a year, you can have your money back. So that's how confident we are. And the reason why we've built these in a modular way is our batteries are all swappable. 
So with one vehicle, you could have two, three, four batteries, or you can have a depot with many batteries. So the riders can just, within 30, 40 seconds, go and swap their discharged battery for um, a brand new one, and then off they go again. So it allows more uptime, which then takes away less pressure for them making X amount of deliveries, which then keeps them safer on the road. So working with the RTA, the Dubai Supreme, Coun uh, Supreme Council of Energy, to make sure that this becomes, I suppose, more of an incentive to make that switch to electric. And the other sort of big benefit is that the vehicles all charge with a three-pin socket. So the government don't need to invest in the infrastructure it takes to charge a, an electric car or another electric vehicle. So, you know, within your home, you're going to have sort of eight sockets sat in that, that single room. So by one of our values is convenience. And by having swappable batteries and charging with a three-pin socket, we've, we've ticked those boxes. So it's really just an education process before the delivery sector recognize us as the guys to go to for not just the, the cost savings, which is even more apparent now than ever before, but also to ensure that the, um, the, so that, that shift between CapEx and OpEx, but also look at the environment, look at the air quality, the the pollutants that were there, the respiratory issues that have been there. Um, we're not going to be able to see the direct benefits now, but in 10 years or a generation's time, we will. So it's, incentives are a big uh, topic for us to make sure that there is that switch. So when you talk about incentives, I suppose you talk about incentives for companies who will do the investment of having a fleet, an electric fleet, of, of uh, e-bikes but uh, what about also for example now if we purchase an electric car uh, in Dubai and in the UAE we know that we can charge almost anywhere for free I can go to a mall and uh, plug in for free I can uh, drive around and I don't have to pay for Salik for example um, I won't pay for parking do you think or do you know if there are the same kind of um, incentives in the case of, of e-bikes rather than cars yeah so with the the cost of charging um, is a dollar per thousand kilometers for an electric motorcycle so the cost is very 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 small um, we are speaking to our customers being the food operators and the fleet service companies to and the rta to create battery banks where you can have 50 batteries um within this battery bank that could be parked at a depot. And then from that, they could be branded or they could even be um, granted some subsidy from say Diwa or the government. So those conversations, uh, I wouldn't say early stages, they've evolved a little bit from that. But um, the incentives for Odin are not just the, the financial one of charging, which is actually very small, Uh, if you take some delivery companies, their riders actually pay for the fuel, and that can be the petrol, and that could be two to four hundred pound uh, dirhams a month. Where, if we can, on a subscription basis for say a hundred dirhams a month, which are the economics we've been working with, they can go and charge or replace their battery unlimited times. That then keeps that economy of those battery banks self-sustaining. So we don't need incentives then when you look at the branding on motorcycles there's a, an element to pay to the government for for branding the vehicle so we're also speaking that is there a way that we could incentivize the 
um, delivery operators to switch to electric by removing or at least reducing those branding costs without it affecting the revenue um, that's sought after, obviously, by the government. So there's very there's lots of little conversations, but there's the the incentives for electric motorcycles. If you take the cost of ownership, the um, which involves the fuel, the servicing, the maintenance, that should really be an incentive enough. Then when you add on the personal interest of environmental protection, then hopefully that will take you over the line to make the decision. So basically, from what you say, that it's a no-brainer. We should switch immediately to, to e-bikes. <laughs> so Adam, I would love to know more about the different types of bikes that you have and, and the price point especially. Okay, thank you. The, the, if we talk about the delivery vehicles, so we have Biker. Um, which is purpose-built for delivery. It comes with a box. Um, it's, nothing's retrofit. It's interconnected, so it, it communicates with the uh, with an app and the APIs from operators going. Uh, they start at fourteen nine fifty, and if you take the cost of ownership from a petrol motorcycle, depending on how many you buy, and if it's capex or opex, there are um, calculations. But you're looking at around average price of 9,000 dirhams if you went for, say, Yamaha, Honda, Bajaj, did a medium price point, look at 9,000. Then you look at the servicing and maintenance over, say, a one- or three-year period, and the fuel, which ranges between two and 400 uh, dirhams a month, you're looking at the cost of ownership for one bike for one year is around 25,000 dirhams, whereas the cost of ownership with our vehicle is still 14,950. So it's about a 10,000 dirham saving. And that's calculated on just 100 dirhams a day, where, sorry, 100 kilometers a day, where most of the delivery motorcycles are doing, say, 120 to 140 on average. There are exceptions, but that's the average. Then if you take the, the cost of ownership for a van, so a Nissan or Toyota Hiace or Nissan Irvan would be equivalent to our Deliver Mobicall. With that already comes with a chilled grocery compartment or a chilled food or beverage compartment. Uh, and that's 104.571. So just under 105,000 dirhams. If you take the Toyota Hiace, you're looking at around 189 to 103,000 dirhams. Then you look at the conversion, about 58,000 dirhams for a, a chilled grocery conversion. You look at fuel which is around 38,000 dirhams, just through primary research of, of customers. Then you have the registration and the SALIC, which they're, they're smaller costs, but they, you know, they still add up. But the cost of that is around 220,000 dirhams for a year. Ours is still only 104.571. So the cost of ownership on the, the van side, you can almost double your fleet, double your productivity for half the or for the same same price as you're currently paying. So in terms of capex, opex, it shouldn't really be a consideration. But they're, I suppose they're the they're, they're the price points. It's quite impressive, and uh, you could not only double your fleet, but you could also maybe increase, you know, the wages to to the bike drivers, or or give back to other businesses and to the community as well. I understand that these bikes are, are made in China at the moment. So my next question would be related also to uh, maybe a move in the future to have man the manufacturing process here in the UAE. Is this something that you're thinking about? That is the dream. 
We absolutely. Uh, so we've got a factory in China that we've selected and shortlisted over 18 different factories. And But what we are looking at is to create a master assembly plant in the UAE. So we really can create the UAE's first electric vehicle automotive brand. We want to position the UAE as, as, a, as an electric vehicle pioneer. And with the initiatives from the government of 46,000 EVs are expected on the roads by 2030, we can certainly help contribute towards this. But again, it takes collaboration. And I, th I believe that if we go for the investment to create a manufacturing plant, right now it's not needed. It's a nice to have, but that's definitely our focus. So you're talking about investments and um, at the moment, One Moto is self-funded. So what are your future plans for investors and expansion? So the expansion, we're, we're in talks with the UK, um, uh, Saudi Arabia, Australia, Africa. There's 53 countries in Africa. And we're, we're looking at an investment from, a, again, that modular framework of we've got a, a brand. It's new in the market. The products are tried and tested. They're regulated. They're EEC certified. We've got all of these certifications and approvals that you could ever need. So the, the foundations are there. What we're looking for is a team of experts, I suppose, in distribution for scalability, expansion, both regionally and internationally, to then offer the products that we've got um, and the products we will have into each individual country. In terms of investment, that's what we're looking for. And uh, in the UAE, which is, which is our home, we're looking to raise for an 18-month runway which will solidify ourselves and our presence in the UAE and then regionally secure those, uh, those partnerships. And then it will also allow us to explore the international uh, dealership network as well. What has been the feedback or the reaction from the, the big delivery companies here locally, such as Karim and Deliveroo? So the feedback has been uh, truly humbling. And Karim was, was one of the first companies that I spoke to before the bikes were say, tested. They were in production, we'd gone through the R&D and they were being manufactured and, uh, and, and then certified, crash tested and so on. But they, we spoke to Kareem uh, just to see if it is a viable product because it all ticks the boxes, but you need to go and speak to the end users, of course. So we showed them the, the product, they're impressed and various other people that we've spoken to over time um, have been equally impressed. There's been a couple of considerations of, oh, they... they um, they don't go as fast as the petrol motorcycles. We don't need a vehicle that does over 120 kilometers an hour. Most of the delivery riders are doing, say, the inner city commutes where you're not going to ever hit that unless you're on the Sheikh Zayed or any of the other big highways, um, which our vehicles can go on because they're by law and um, approved by the RTA. The only, say, points that are mentioned about speed, my thoughts are, in order for us to get closer to an automated or an autonomous driving environment, there's certain things we need to eliminate, and that's human error. We're never going to be able to do that. But if you can just cap everyone's speed, whether that's an electric car to electric motorcycle, whatever it may be, whatever the vehicle is, we cap speeds, then that involves less driver error. Um, it's more efficient in general. And there's just more awareness. So it's a much safer environment to, to be around. So the, um, that and the range was one consideration. So we worked very closely with the engineers in order to increase the range. So we've got this, I believe it's the perfect formula between range, performance, distance, 
speed and the vehicles themselves, um, the, the safety, the balance, the weight. There's been different research um, where actually and studies where electric uh, two-wheelers market is expected to grow exponentially. How do you foresee One Moto being part of this growth? And um, and how's the competition as well? I mean, is there competition right now in the UAE or, or not? Okay, so the first question uh, or the first answer is there isn't any competition for electric motorcycles because we're the first to market. We're the only ones that are approved by ESMA and RTA. We're registered and we've got vehicles on the road. We will have competition at some point, I hope, because um, it helps us keep on top of our game. We've looked at the local market, then we've looked at the regional market, and then we've also gone on a, a global market as well. And it's currently a $6.98 billion industry. Um, in the that's in say on a global scale but then if you look at Africa which is a huge they've got a huge demand they're looking at a um, I believe it's a six billion dollar uh, electric motorcycle industry by the end of 2024 so where do we place ourselves obviously first to market but then that only lasts for so long so it definitely it's the element of education and then dealerships and distribution, which is one of the reasons why we've opened up to um, the conversations for investment is we will build one moto through a network of dealerships and distributors, not just in the UAE, but regionally and then internationally. As one moto, we are about collaboration and we're not here as vehicle manufacturers to try and sell you the dream or try and sell you the future of mobility, whether it is or not. We're not here to force you to make that decision to go EV and, and choose one moto above others. What we want to be doing is seen as the, that collaborative partner. So we're experts in what we do. We're passionate about what we do and we do it well, which I'm really, really proud of. But with the food delivery operators or the fleet service providers or the grocery deliveries or just online e-commerce um, couriers and deliveries, we want to be invited in and see how we can work together. So it's not about us selling you a vehicle, that cold transaction. There is a future, and with the future, it obviously comes relationships. And we all know the longer we've been in Dubai or the UAE, relationships are key. And they're so incredibly treasured and important, part of the culture. So we want to be seen as that transport partner, um, someone who's providing a solution to save money. But there's not just a, a one-size-fits-all. We're definitely here to work with as many as possible, to be that you know, I've said it before, I'm just one guy trying to make a difference. But if everyone is just that one person trying to make a difference, whether it's recycling or not using single-use plastics, just try and do that one little bit, that's huge. You know, that one little drop in, in, a, in a puddle creates ripples. So I'm not that evangelist that's trying to promote um, that I'm, I'm the most sustainable person in the UAE. But if there's anyone that's watching this or listening to this, that thinks there's a way to collaborate. Let's have a chat and see what we can explore together. That would be absolutely incredible. You can find more information about One Moto and everything they do on their website, one-moto.com. And you can connect with us on Instagram at Goombook. That's G-O-U-M-B-O-O-K. And find all of our episodes for free in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Or on the web at goombook.com slash podcast. Thank you, stay safe, and see you next week.